0: They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. Well, but now you got guys like you know Andrew Tate. That has built this personality, right? Like that's not how he really is, right? But that's the show he puts on out there to drum up. Now I think he's in prison right now, but he went to prison. (laughs) That's what I hear. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I I think
1: he's still in jail, waiting to go to prison. Okay,
0: all right. Well, but I mean,
1: which which is where I'd want to be in prison,
0: right? But that I mean, that's a case of a guy taking hype way too fucking far, right? He built this character, he built this persona. Up and I think he's actually doing harmful shit, legitimately harmful. Not, not even a not idea. even a question. I never really understood personal branding for the longest time. It was always this idea of why should I put myself out there? Why should I show up in the world? You know, why can't I just do the traditional sales model of cold calling, you know, reach outs and networking and the likes. And then this whole concept of personal brand hit the marketplace and it flipped the freaking traditional sales model somewhat on its head Because the world moved from less cold transactions to more of this authority I want to buy from a particular person because I've heard their voice and I trust what they're saying and talking about. So I want to be around that. Um, But it's not easy building a personal brand. Well, and I, I think it's something that
1: entrepreneurs and small business owners struggle with. Uh, and personal brands been around longer than that. It's because I remember when I did the huge pivot from doing the, uh, the public speaking to actually having time on target focused on providing a consulting service. I, I made the, 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 uh, actual decision, conscious decision that I didn't want a personal brand. I wanted it to be time on target, uh, and not Kevin Snow. And that was, and there was probably me, a, an overreach or overcompensation going from where I had a really cool job and I mm. was the brand. I was the product. I was everything to I don't want to be the product anymore. I want what we do to be the product, to be able to build a team around it. So I think I completely went like overcompensating. It's like, ooh, there will not be a Kevin Snow brand. Now that it's all time on target.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I literally just Googled uh winded personal branding and the term was actually came out in 1997. I didn't realize it was that far back. Um, and the, the thing for me that happened was I was still selling Sandler training and I was a few years in. And one of the biggest deals I closed, the CEO of that company goes, Donnie, you need to understand one thing. And I said, okay, what's that? He goes, we didn't buy Sandler training. I said, okay. He goes, we bought you. And this whole idea flipped in my head. I had been selling Sandler. I wasn't selling Donnie Bowie. And, you know, now I'm in this position of, well, shit, how do I show up in the marketplace? And what do I do? And it was a point of contingency between me and my then business partner because I quit wearing, quit wearing the Sandler apparel, the Sandler hats and everything else. And I started showing up in unbranded stuff. And... <laughs> came out as me, right? That's the phrase that just came out of my mouth is I came out as Donnie. And <laughs> welcome, welcome, Donnie. <laughs> I'm here. Um, so, no, But I mean, I, I really started showing up as me. I started uh, talking more like me and, and started closing that divided gap of there's home life Donnie, work life Donnie, and making that all one person. And interesting is my sales skyrocketed because I understand that people were buying me and then getting, you know, what I sold. Um, but like you, there's this, this weird ups and downs of, okay, what do you say out there in the marketplace to create that personal brand? What's off limits, right? What shouldn't you say? And well, and, and,
1: you know, I think there's this whole disconnect between product versus service sales. Yes. No, you and I both are in, uh, well, obviously, with uh, Success Champions, we're totally in the service industry. Uh, but even with Time on Target, you know that is I'm still providing a service. I don't supply a tangible product. I'm not selling a car. I'm not doing a you know a transactional sale. You know, I think a lot of people who are in that world look at the personal branding and say, "Well, I don't need to, you know, because I'm selling a product. I, I right. need to rely on the the market and the brand." That I sell, you know. Even when I was doing Nextel, you know, that was the you know we relied on the brand for Nextel, and they were very iconic in the in the marketplace. Bright yellow, walkie-talkie, the chirp. Everyone knew the walkie-talkie thing. Uh, and it wasn't so much, "Oh, you're Kevin. Oh, you do walkie-talkie stuff. Oh, oh, you're." It was the opposite way. You're the so Nextel guy. Yeah, I'm the Nextel <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah. So, you know, I I think that is a big issue for business owners because they, you know, especially if they came up in the product space, sales world, and now they have their own business, they don't understand the importance of having a personal brand. You
0: know, so... Chad King is a software sales guy, uh, works for uh, he's the vice president for a company called Ioka. It's a software company. And what Chad has done brilliantly that he hasn't even fully wrapped his head around yet is he's become known as the barbecue guy throughout all Texas. Like, if you're going anywhere in Texas, man, you reach out to Chad and go, okay, this is where I'm going. What barbecue do I eat? Because he knows it. He'll tell you what's good, bad, and the worst. And he did it for bur- with bourbon for a while, and now he's working on rum and everything. So, so the dude just is in that market space. He's been able to keep his software company top of mind by talking about fucking barbecue sauce, right? And, and different barbecue restaurants. You can't help but think about, associating one without the other and it's uh i'm actually talking to him and potentially my brother keith about launching a barbecue and bourbon podcast where they can both geek out because they got ridiculously stupid amount of knowledge on bourbon that i just can't even comprehend um but that that's the idea is that people get to know you for like a certain thing or a certain vibe style whatever And it keeps you top of mind in the marketplace. I mean, when we were doing a lot of podcast coaching and Kevin and I were telling a lot of people how to launch shows, it was more about what do you geek out on and talk specifically to those things. And I remember one time Elizabeth looking at me and saying, you know, if people realized how much of a geek you actually were. I'm not sure they do business with you. And that's when I started talking more about the Harry Potter and the fantasies and going to the rent fairs and everything, because I realized I wasn't putting out enough stuff out there that where people could resonate with that message and style. Um, But it's not always been easy. I mean, you're really getting into the personal branding side of things now. Um, As an introvert, that's got to be extremely difficult to – I would assume it's more difficult than I had trying to make that leap.
1: So it's, you know, for me, there's layers of where it's easy and I'm completely okay with it. Uh, And then if you just go that next layer, then I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't enjoy this anymore. So, you know, it's that level of how far do I want to let people actually into my world and how, where does the, the the uh, public brand and and the private kevin life begin for me um so you know i have you you do a ton of really cool uh posts where you're sharing your insights and thoughts behind things uh and i can't pontificate like that it is harder for me to write that style of post so i'm really kind of excited for our guest today uh Uh, with, you know, some a different way that he's gone about making that that personal brand. And I'm really kind of interested in how I might be able to use that. Yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: Are you a business owner or a leader looking to take your business to the next level? Then listen up, because the Champion Summit is the event for you. At the Champions Summit, you'll learn about the latest techniques for growing and scaling your business from some of the most badass speakers in the business development arena. They'll motivate, engage, enlighten, and spur you on to greater productivity. But that's not all. You'll have a chance to network with other ambitious entrepreneurs from across the region and the USA building your circle of influence, and learning from others who have been where you are. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part, there's no pitching, no selling from stage, only 100% value and tools to help you go big. The Champion Summit will help you focus all of your passion, ideas, and goals into action that leaps your business forward. So what are you waiting for? If you're looking for new ways to grow and scale your business, the Champion Summit was created to provide you with actionable and implementable tactics that allow you to build the business of your dreams. Register now and unleash your true potential. The Champion Summit, creating freedom from the hustle and grind. Find more details at successchampionnetworking.com champions summit. My first podcast I ever did really that had success was called Success Champions, man. And I had interviewed some amazing guests on there, just had a great time and i met mike during that time and his episode is still one of the most downloaded episodes we had on that podcast because we had just such a fucking awesome conversation we talked a lot about hype and we talked a lot about networking and how we could use hype his style to build out the networking groups it was just such a killer advice that he gave me and i enjoyed the shit out of it and i've been using it so i've been following his content for quite a while and if you want to be entertained i'm telling you you need to follow some of the shit mike puts out there (laughs) um but but mike i I want to tell you uh the way you kind of go at gary v and his stuff and use you know how he puts out content and shit to really hype up your own stuff is pretty fascinating why gary v and why hyping it up this particular way
2: yeah, I I was saying I was joking to you at a different point than that. With everything I've done, the thing that's going to be on my tombstone is that I picked <laughs> right. a fight with Gary V. And first of all, thank you. I, it's really nice to hear that the episode did so well. I really yeah, enjoyed that sure. conversation too. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: I don't know. I I think years ago it was the first article that I ever did that was on the topic that would end up defining my career that got any traction at all. I mean, it, it was close to a decade ago now. I wrote an article for Inc called Why Gary v is or Vaynerchuk is Flat Out Wrong. And uh, I think I was pretty polite at that time. I mean, <laughs> uh, but um, he, he, he heard the criticism and responded. And I was a nobody. I mean, this was a decade ago. I had just entered. I had just started my own business. And uh, he started out trying to have it together, but by the end he was sweating and his hair was sticking up. If his hair can stick up, I don't
0: know if
2: that's possible, but it looked like his hair was sticking up. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I've written a whole lot of other articles and done a whole lot of other content on other gurus where I pick apart how they do what they do. And I'm just a sarcastic kind of person, so it comes out that way. But um, that's the one that gets attention. So, for example, I've recently been doing these videos where I I have different comedians come on and we pick apart various Internet gurus. And I sort of hone in on why what they do works and the comedians make fun of them. And I've done a ton of different people. But the Gary Vee one, of course, gets brought up more than anything else. (laughs) So I don't know what that's about. Well, you also,
0: I think, went after Tony Robbins on one, right? Uh, I yeah, think- I, I
2: actually, I actually think Gary Vaynerchuk has done some good stuff. I, I think that his advice to young people is bad, but I think he's a good business person, and and I think Wine Library TV, which was his first business, yeah, actually yeah. produced a lot of value. I actually think Tony Robbins is 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 going to make a lot of people angry. I think he's bad. I think he's a cult leader. I, I don't think he has any um, evidence for what he teaches. I think going on live video and telling someone to pick up the phone and break up with their um, significant other after talking to them for 15 minutes is abysmal is horrible. And, um, but he's a, he, 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 uh, I mean, he's doing something right. Yeah. He's doing something right. So it's a function of, he is a fan. Well, it's a function of what you consider, right? Is he amazing? uh, Is he amazing? Yeah. Go ahead, and, I'm you
0: know, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. It's just, he's got hundred and one companies doing like seven billion dollars. I mean, so so if you look at it strictly from a capitalistic side of things, which he's doing amazingly well. So something's working there. That that's my whole point, right? So
2: right. I think that in terms of creating of marketing, of sales, of hype, of packaging, of creating an experience. He is fantastic. And anyone who is marketing their products or hyping their products or selling their products should study this guy the way a writer studies William Shakespeare. What I'm saying is the material that he's selling is shit. I I think it's harmful. I, I think it's beyond shit. Otherwise, every one of those people in an arena would be as rich as him. But most of them are half broke and they keep coming back for another hit. So, you know, Joel Osteen is 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 great at what he does, too. And, and there's not a person in the world who shouldn't be studying Joel Osteen. But is, is he um, taking advantage of his tax-exempt status and selling people <laughs> on a vision that isn't really wonderful, being that um, this man of God wouldn't let people live in his church, you know, uh, when there was a massive hurricane? Well, I don't know,
0: you know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Kevin but he's a, he's one of the best marketers in the world,
2: Tony Robbins. He's fantastic. Agreed,
0: agreed, yeah. agreed. I I don't disagree with your ideals behind it, but I do uh, uh, agree that he's used the hype style that you're such a proponent of to build that particular brand. He's done what exactly what all of your TV preachers have done is preyed on weak minded people that are looking for the shortcut. They're looking for the silver bullet and he's preying on that mindset that if you show up to a conference or a summit or the likes, it's going to be so transformational that your life is going to be in and change and you're going to be a millionaire overnight while he's telling you that's not what he's doing.
2: I would go even a step for I agree with every single thing you said, and I would go a step farther I would even say that he's not even preying on weak-minded people. I would say that he is taking advantage of human biases that every single person has, especially in groups. I know some extremely strong-minded people who are big fans of his stuff. And if you get a thing or two out of it, that's awesome. I think the reason I get up every morning—so, I mean, I own— what's essentially a marketing company. I wrote a book on this thing that I call hype. And I think the reason that it's not just a job and why I'm so into what I do every day is because I run into so many people who are selling stuff that really make the world a better place. And then I I study these other people who don't, who make the world worse or who don't make the world a better place. And they understand packaging and psychology so well And I've just been so convinced by my experience that none of those packaging techniques are immoral. They're just what they are. Human beings can't resist them. So if you can learn those strategies and use them in an ethical way to sell good stuff, I I think I could do my small part or am doing my small part to make the world a better place. Because unfortunately, it's the people who see the world as a chessboard people like Tody Robbins or see other people as chess pieces who, who take to that kind of strategy much more easily.
1: Well, it used to be a, a, a common tactic in scams in con or con artists back when con artists were doing it all in person. It wasn't just a, you could post on right. Facebook and get people to do it, but they'd all, they all had a hype man. They all had that partner right. that right. was in the crowd that was cheering at everything that was getting the crowd and whipping the crowd into a frenzy 100%. Uh, so that they would purchase and they would buy you mean like the creature the, the that
0: does the whoosh of the crowd and everybody falls the fuck over that type of thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you see it in so many areas. That's how I know that these strategies aren't specific to a certain field and that they can be used for good the original manager of the Rolling Stones, which I think we can all agree have brought a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives. When they were first coming out, their manager, this guy, Andrew Lou Goldham would pay a bunch of people to fill a club in London, which is a hub city. And then he would photograph the club and then mail the photographs in this hot club all over the country and tell them that this was happening everywhere in the country. And that, Human desire to go along with the crowd just blew them up before well, they
0: were so anything. Awful. I never heard that. Story. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. It, it was used in the hip hop and rap scene like, in the eighties and nineties too. 100%. They all had their hype Absolutely. man that was like, you know, give them a hand, round of applause. You know, all that guy that's yelling stuff in the background. They were all plant, planted. That was. I got the word
2: know, from hip hop because what I noticed was that it's really easy when you've climbed the traditional ladder to to do marketing, quote unquote, you know, landing pages and sales funnels. But if you're coming from the South Bronx, the poorest area in the country, hype isn't considered a bad thing. It's what you have right. to do. Right. And that yeah. doesn't mean lying. That means generating a ton of excitement, right? To, 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 to shortcut the traditional structures that we all play with it. Well,
0: but now you got guys like, you know, Andrew Tate, that has built this personality, right? Like that's not how he really is, right? But that's the show he puts on out there yeah. to drum up. Now, I think he's in prison right now, but or yeah, in prison. <laughs> yeah, that's so. what I hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think
1: he's still in jail waiting to go to prison. So. Okay,
0: all right. Well, in but Rome I mean- ADL,
1: which, which is where I'd want to be in prison.
0: Right, but that, I mean, that's a case of a guy taking hype way too fucking far, right? He built this character. He built this persona up. And I think he's actually doing harmful shit legitimately harmful not even a, not even a question you not know. Even a question
2: you have to look at what he's preaching though. it's not so much yeah. the hype. I mean, you know Andy Warhol created a character, but if you're a fan of art, he did it for a cool reason. Andrew Tate is allegedly a sex trafficker and right. the message that he sells is about how to take advantage of women, you know So he created a character to advance like you said, really harmful shit. Yep.
0: Yeah. Because some young kids going to hear his fucking message and think that's how you should treat women and fuck you. Any dude who treats a chick like that needs to get his fucking ass. whooped. it's, it's gross. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, yeah you know, so, so flipping a little bit, then, you know, if we know this hype methodology works, like, I mean, it, it's a real thing. You can use it in sales, you can use it in conferences and the like, and there's some real extreme value. Cause I think, you know, at the end of the day, selling is really about helping, you know, somebody make a decision, right? Right. They wouldn't be sitting across from you if there was an interest. They just don't know if you're the service, you're the product, you're the person. And so every right. time you're sitting there, you're not actually selling, helping them make a decision. Hype can play into it if you use it for the proper way. So how, how, how do I use hype in my business to not take advantage of people, but actually use it for good productive results?
2: I guess there's two ways of answering this, right? One is the ethical part. And what I often, what I make a very strong point, point to do in my own life and what I constantly drum into the heads of my clients is that you need to set up an ethical framework. And if I meet with someone who I think is paying me lip service on that, I won't work with them. And And mine is pretty simple. It's never deceive or never use these things to deceive and never leave people worse off than you found them. So if you say to me, well, this is hype, of course you have to deceive. Well, then you're missing the point, right? This is not called the liar's handbook, right? This is about getting people emotional so that they can make a good decision. So so that's the first thing. And then I guess the second thing is something I often say to clients in a sales scenario is that I admit one thing that I've never heard another marketer admit, and that's that no marketer, including me, knows what they're doing. And then I pause and they always (laughs) laugh, you know? And, and, and so then I follow up. And what I mean by that is that you can have a knack at what we're calling hype here or what people call marketing. You can understand the technology. You can get to the bottom of it quicker than other people. But the idea that if you do three LinkedIn posts today, follow it up with a landing page and have a certain kind of email letter, that that's always going to work. That's ridiculous. The minute people know that formula Yep. it's already obsolete. yeah so the the framework I use is we know there are these mass psychology principles i've I've um practiced them, but also i'm I'm a bit of a nerd and I've and I was a nerd before I was anything else. so I've read countless books and papers and sort of extracted the principles. However, like if we know that there's a certain hype strategy, right? like um make war, not love, I call it, that you, people respond more to, being against something than being for something and you need a strong point of view, you don't know what form that's going to work in. So you know that that's better than not doing it, but you could do that five, six, seven different ways and it could bomb. So the trick is to have a controlled process of running experiments very quickly and knowing and killing them the second they show that they're not getting closer to your goal And then create, and once you hit your goals with an experiment, to blow it up, right? So you don't just randomly do experiments. You base them on human psychology. But what's going to give you an advantage is doing the thing that people haven't tried before, doing the thing that seems like it might fail, right? Not just following the path. So it's that combination of having an ethical framework, understanding the broad principles instead of, hey, let's do another clubhouse room or an Instagram just because everyone else is doing that and then having a process to quickly run and assess experiments and cut the ones that don't work and accelerate the ones that do now you should know the tools right i mean technology is a great amplifier and systems are important but i would sp- i think people start in the reverse order they start with instagram and then work backwards to this to the hype or the marketing you should start with the principles and then match the tool to the principle
1: yeah, it's interesting that you're talking about the doing the experience experiments thing and pulling the ones that don't work. I was uh, this last year I spoke at the digital summit and they had one of the keynotes at the event I was at had actually worked for like Instagram and a couple of social media platforms. And now he talks about how his team, his social media team, they'll put out a post on Instagram and they have their metrics down so well that they know how many likes and how many shares they should have in the first hour and if they aren't getting that they pull that post immediately that's a great example using and, the technology but knowing that not everything is going to work exactly yeah and the, and then they'll they'll change the the heading or they'll change the graphic or they'll change something on it and repost it later in the day and they'll keep doing that till they get the one that hits uh so and like and, and everyone's says people don't recognize that you pulled out, you pulled a post out, like no one even has a clue. No
2: one knows. That's, that's a great example. You know, I used to work, um, my corporate job before I got into all this was I worked in a contact, a BPO industry, which is we ran call centers, right? And I wrote scripts and would go down and train them. And something that my boss at the time said that never left me, and it was totally true, is that he was like a master sales script writer, and he, we, I did mostly customer service, but he started at telemarketing and he would write a sales script that he would spend three weeks on. And, and he would be convinced it was going to just close a million deals and it would bomb. Yeah. And then he would jam one out, you know, before bed, because he had a deadline and that's the one that would
0: Oh, it's explode. so frustrating. Yeah. dude. I'm, I'm but but no, but you here, here was the us. good
2: thing. I just want to say. Then he would dissect. This is that's the frustrating part. But the good part is then he would dissect what worked about the one that he just jammed out, and he could replicate it. So in other words, you know how did he know-
0: do that? How, how, how did he dissect? Because I'm, I'm like I say, it's frustrating. Is I'm dealing with this with YouTube. Like on YouTube, yeah. I can put a video up, no views. Change the fucking title. and Next thing you know, it's getting a thousand, two thousand freaking views. And I'm like, how does one word change the algorithm? Yeah. Right? I mean, sometimes
2: it's just luck, but but yeah, what sure. I would see him do that was really cool, you know, the scripting tool was interesting because you, you had a bunch of – it was different than social media in a way because you had a bunch of people on the phone, and you could change a line in real time, and it would go out to the people on the phone. Right, so he right. would have the script, and that would be the baseline script, and then he would say, okay, we don't know why that worked, but it worked. So then, like, let's say you were selling at the time that he sold mortgages, you you had something about private mortgage insurance, you know, phrased a certain way. And he would take that line out and it would go back to the old crappy numbers again. And then he would put the line in and then he would say to himself, well, I don't exactly know why that line worked, but it did. But then he would think about it. He would say, you know, maybe PMI is less scary than private mortgage insurance because people don't like insurance. Right. So he would spend hours and hours and hours doing this. But um, he never knew exactly, but he could start with what's uh, the theory. main script that yeah. works and then cut
0: and then substitute lines. And that's the really good cool. news. It's, yeah, it was neat. Real interaction right yeah. then there. Right so there. The yeah. Where I'm looking at something from a delayed, you know, uh, right. spot. So it makes it a And,
2: and it's funny because we always think about how this technology is better now in social media. And that was a pretty crude technology. It was like <laughs> right. this, Do- this DOS-based computer think but it, it 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 really worked well
0: you know uh, that that's awesome so if you know i'm like our company and the idea of hype i mean we you and i talked about it when we did the other podcast you know that it's in a sense picking a fight not to pick a fight but it's standing on a belief system that you truly believe to your core that goes against the mainstream and and you know, that has been a very powerful tool for me to use going forward, Great. trying to pick that fight without intentionally picking a fight. You know, how does somebody come up with that type of concept, that idea? Because there's a lot of that plays into that. One, they're going to have to handle the hate side of things that's going to come at them, you know, because they come. But two, you know, how do you come up with the concept initially?
2: I'm really glad you brought up that you're picking a fight with an idea, not a person. I I think people have this misapprehension that it's about being a troll and that all publicity is good publicity. When I wrote that Gary Vaynerchuk article, I didn't talk about how his fashion sense isn't good or whatever. You know what (laughs) I mean? I'm not saying it's not, but I didn't insult him the
1: way people do. I talked about... We now have a clip for the uh, for the uh, for the episode. You know our Gary promo Vee
0: clip. Gary V. dresses horrible. Yep. <laughs> Mike
1: Shine says Gary V. dresses atrociously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's part of his shtick, right? I mean, right. that's
2: that's. I think that's actually a good thing about what he does. But my point is, I was really complimentary to him, and I I but I said that his advice is you know is against what I believe in as a business person. So what what I tell my clients to do, and what I've done is I, I, I ask two questions. I say, and, and I would encourage anyone listening to this to, to do this, right? What is a point of view in your industry or in your corner of the universe that is almost like gospel that you vehemently disagree with and, and you've almost been secret about it? So for me, it was um, everyone at the time was all about, you know, if you master social media and just jam it out and work around the clock, creating all this content that you're just going to be a king. And I always disagreed with that because I would see all these kids doing that and not making any money. So I came out and said that. And then I said, and so then the other side of the coin is what's a point of view that you hold very, very strongly that you're a hundred percent sure is the case that other people tend to disagree with. So mine was that, Ancient mass psychology that never goes away is far more important than specific technology trends. So if you combine those two, it's you're wasting your time hustling on social media, and you should focus on this thing that I call hype. And that was an experiment that formed the basis of my career. Right. So it's not about hey, uh, you know, um, this and this person is an asshole and he has a bad personality. Right. It it's. Having a point of view, because if you don't have a strong point of view, especially in a service business, why are you in business? Yeah, agreed. And in a you lot have- of product businesses, Basecamp does this very well, which yep. we can talk about,
1: right? Well, well I think know- if you, I think if you, you, the the key is you don't make it personal. If you 100%. attack, if you attack an individual or a brand because you you want to you want to pick a fight, it now be you be, you now become an asshole and not not the good kind of asshole that's fun to hang around because they're obnoxious. It's it's like you you're a dick. I why do I want to do business with you? And you're you're literally just attacking this person. You know, the 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 concept, you know, for us our big fight right now is in the realm of business networking and what it really should be and what some large organizations have done to destroy a really uh or a really effective means to grow your business. And I love so, that. you know, so we're picking fights with I- the ideas and and ways people are doing things as opposed to, you know, calling out a specific organization. You know, we've gotten to the point where right. you, we don't even use their name. We call them Voldemort in our <laughs> Voldemort, world. Yeah. We, they, we, we reference them as Voldemort. Because I bet know I know who you're talking about. But, pro- probably. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but for us, it's like, we don't want to bash them because well, we yeah, actually need it, them.
0: For for sure. We say in that context that they're an amazing organization. They've actually built an empire and put networking on the fucking planet. Not, not no. I know who it is. And they, what got you here won't
2: get you there. I mean, what they created was, was never done before. Yep. Yep. And, and they're uh, not unethical. No, No, it just isn't enough anymore because once people get the trick, when yep. I get when I get an email that says, how can I help you? Here are three connections. You know, I know yeah. what that is. I know it's a tactic. Right. Whereas in 1985, it was a brand new thing that was yep. that added a lot to the world.
0: Yep. And, you know, and so so this idea is to just wrap that all in. It's it's not about beating up the damn company. They've done a really good thing. Yeah. They really phenomenal fucking business. It's saying that there's a better way that you should be doing this and here's why right um, and, and and bringing them together and we've gotten a lot of damn good traction off of having that stance but you know and you said it if you don't stand for something you don't have a belief in something then you you, you don't believe in anything
2: yeah. you know why are you in business other than to make other than to you know, persuade people that they should give you money yeah for sure, I mean, for that's, sure. that's a hard thing to build
0: god mike we could sit here and on. do this for freaking <laughs> while. i almost want to bring you back into a addition and just dive in this deeper and really get more tactical on how people can do this in your business we'll probably will do that but i'll come anytime yeah yeah that's awesome so how do people find you how do they learn more about you where do they get your book and that kind of stuff
2: well, thank you for that. You know, in, in the old school marketing uh, tradition, uh, it's best to have one call to action. So if you want to learn about my stuff, go to Amazon or wherever you get books and type in The Hype Handbook by Michael F. Shine, spelled S-C-H-E-I-N. Um, and all the stuff about my companies in there, you know, um, micro media is the company, I, you know, I'm sure you'll put the, the yep. URL in the show notes, but I don't want to confuse people, but check out that book. And if, if, if all you do is spend 20, whatever dollars and never need to call me for anything else, you know, I wanted to be a writer before I wanted to be a business person. So that would make <laughs> cool, me happy too. Awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, brother, I appreciate you doing this with us. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. And guys, you go listen to his stuff. Uh, it's really funny to go watch some of his social media and the content he puts out. So thanks. For oh, thanks. It, <laughs> well, this was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Holy hell, that was a fun episode. Uh, you know, I knew it was going to be good because the first time I, I interview, ever interviewed Michael, I mean, we had some fantastic conversations and some really, really cool takeaways from that. Um You know, I'm I'm really trying to figure out some of the ways we can apply, you know, some of this stuff to everything we're doing with Success Champions Networking and and likes.
1: All right. So I have a question that we need to talk
0: about. That
1: I thought about while we were uh, talking to Michael, how do I do that style of posting without sounding like a complete asshole
0: because I'm calling someone out? I love the question. The, 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 because, answer is really, really, the answer is really simple, though. Go ahead. Go, go, d- well, explain and, more. Uh, yeah.
1: For me it's, and for me, it's because I, I, I understand how I sound when I communicate, be mostly because you beat me over the head with it all the time. Um, this is true. This is true. <laughs> you know, I come across I'm very direct and I'm very matter of fact about things. And for a lot of people, that sounds like I'm just being a total dick. Uh, and, you know, it comes out when I do customer support. No. To everyone out there, I should not be doing customer support. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm afraid that when I do that type of posting like he does where he points out things that people are doing and talks about them, I'm just going to sound like a a dick.
0: So... um... Two school of thoughts. One, I love the vulnerability behind the question. But the second school of thought is, is he's not calling out the person. I think that's the difference in, in the way you need to look at this. He's not calling out the person. He's like when he talks about Gary Vee, he's not saying, hey, Gary Vee, you're a dick, right? He's not saying you're an idiot. You're not a moron. He's saying the ideology and what he's teaching could be done in a better
1: way. So you did this this morning on social media, mm-hmm. which I'm sorry for all the podcast listeners because this is going to be like a few months from now when, when you <laughs> so go back on Donnie's page. So we're recording uh, this
0: on what fucking date? Uh, <laughs> we're recording this on February 20th. So go back to my LinkedIn profile on February 20th. <laughs> um, yeah, and you can see the post I'm about to talk about. You you
1: did this with a post uh, talking about giver's gain.
0: Yep. Went straight at it. It's a dumb yeah, thing you went
1: straight at it uh, so you literally applied this whole concept yep. uh, to what to that
0: so what's the question
1: well I, I don't know if it's really a question I think it's just calling
0: it out so, Not I, so much I want to call it out but so I'm just pointing out that, the that, fact that you know here's how you did it. Right. So, so if you go look at that post, one, I never actually say giver's gain. I say yes, you the do. whole idea of the giving to gain, right? I put an I-N-G on the end. All right. But, right. So I purposely did that. Um, you know, I don't want to call out B&I. They're an amazing organization. You know, I don't want – I'm not attacking or going at them. I'm going after a philosophical difference for, for me and them because they're wrong. And, and here's why they're wrong. The entire concept of give to gain has taught people for fucking years that they have to give to gain, right? Um, and in, and I, I know that the words are trying to say, you know, come from a giving spirit, come from a giving heart, giving things like that. But that's not how people actually take it. They take it. I've got to give, or I can't gain, and it's destroyed the philosophy of networking in the minds of a lot of people. Or that it builds this entitlement
1: yes. concept. I gave you this. So you I owe gave me you. This. So you you yes. have to, you know I've been giving you referrals. Why aren't you passing me referrals? Yep. You know, and, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what you see.
0: Yep. Yep. And you know, it's the whole idea that that I'm going at that networking was founded on the principles of people who can't fucking sell right so everything is is comes from this perspective of a bunch of people who are broke can't sell needed to find a different way to try and bring in business so they bring a whole bunch of people together that can't sell and now they're all trying to give and expecting something in return and and it's this idea of reciprocity that is why i wrote the entire approach there is no reciprocity from the aspect of, I gave you something. Now you owe me something, right? The only way you get reciprocity is from, from strictly in the sales game is you go out and you freaking sell something. You over deliver that client and you give them 10 times more than they, you know, bought and purchased from you, 10 times more results than they bought and purchased from you. They're going to become your champion. And that's where a lot of your referrals are going to come from. Your introductions and potentially some referrals are going to come from your network because you're telling them who you need to be introduced to, who can open up the right conversations for you. It's a different philosophical thought. I'm not you never should give to gain a fucking thing. You should open the doors because it's the right damn thing to do. And if you get a whole bunch of people to come in together, they will open doors because they're proactively out there selling and networking happens to be part of their overall sales strategy. Then you don't have the desperation act of, well, I'm giving everybody everything, but nothing's coming to me. You know, um, it's 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 just mind blowing. I think in that entire post, just to put it in perspective, and we'll put a link to that post in the show notes so people can go get it. But from that perspective, I was purposely not trying to throw B and I under the bus. I was trying to say we have a philosophical difference on the way we approach things. And I think that that philosophy has hurt a lot of people in networking over the years.
1: Oh, and it, it, it's interesting. And I was working on this post prior to us uh, interviewing Michael. Uh, I was, it put together, you know, the top four or five <laughs> things that if you hear at a networking meeting, you should run.
0: <laughs> I love
1: the idea of that
0: <laughs> <laughs> So,
1: but now my thought process is Alright, so instead of doing Or maybe it's a combination Instead of doing Because I was going to do the, the cool little um, um, Fuck, I just forgot the word um, The thing with multiple pictures on Instagram Oh, Carousel Carousel, <laughs> carousel oh my god boy <laughs> wow I, uh, yeah, I'm like, Coliseum, I'm like, that is not the, the word. That is not even
0: remotely close. Um, so if you're doing yeah, an Instagram Coliseum.
1: Yes. Um, so I was going to do a carousel with the, uh, yeah, thank you. You know, you see how my, me and Donnie's conversations normally go when I when we're working on things. Uh, but yeah, I was going to do a carousel about that. But now I'm thinking instead of doing that, I just do them, um, like each one is a separate post. And oh. I'm able to dive into it, and you know, and give why I think that's just the horrible thing that here at a networking event, and why and and what it should be sounding like, and things you should be hearing, and in, instead of that.
0: So, I like the idea of doing that, like almost like a mini series. So maybe like on yep. Monday is here's first one, to, you know, Wednesday's second one, Friday or whatever your days a week that I know yep. you're posting on, and, and then, then do be, the carousel at, sell, the, end at the with all end. of them, yeah. 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 I think that'd be really really smart. And, you know, it's just a, a fascinating way to look at. Um, I mean, if you stack Michael shine's interview up with Tony Watley's interview, um, which was episode one twenty nine, and you go listen to Tony, then you come listen to Michael talk about hype. I mean, Oh, and even throw in there uh, uh, the story brand, you know, they're, the entire concept is all centered around this idea. Yeah, Story Brand was uh, Thomas Van Dyke in episode 126. It's the entire idea of showing up as you, having your beliefs, being able to tell the story, create hype around your brand, and all doing it from a stand up pr- perspective of not being the asshole out there in the marketplace. So, um, I I wrote a post this past weekend and it took me two hours to write the damn thing. And I've never taken that long to write it, but I was really trying to get my point home. And it's not one that I posted out to social media. I only posted it in our private online community as part of success champions networking. But I really wanted to be able to get the words that were in my head out. And, but that long post is what helped me write this smaller post today that I did on LinkedIn. And I think when you're really trying to, define or plant your flag and where your beliefs lie and how you show up it's not picking a fight it is literally being able to articulate what you believe to be a truth though so, and go against somebody so it, it's a fun episode man i'm really enjoying the, these rounds and these interviews because we're getting some amazing stuff but we're yeah. gonna be bringing a couple of these guys back
1: yeah, after I do my uh, my post series, we'll drop a link in the show notes as well, so you can actually see Donnie's example of using uh, hype from Michael, and then you can actually look at, at my attempt. And, yeah. and uh, we'd love to hear from you what you think about the post and how, um, how it applied to what you uh, learned from Michael earlier today.
0: Absolutely. So as always, guys, if you got any values, tips, tricks, anything out of this episode that can benefit you, if you're watching on YouTube, please do us a favor and make sure you subscribe and ring the bell. Um, But one of the coolest things you can do is take a picture on your phone, screenshot or on your computer, wherever you're watching this and post out on social media that you're listening or watching to this episode, tag me and Kevin in it. It would mean the world to us Uh, and keep sending in your comments and questions. We love the feedback. Um, and a couple of you have even picked a fight with us saying that we were wrong about a couple of things. So we're, don't worry. We'll come at you on those. Those will be fun. So, um, but as always, love you, mean it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yeah, they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So, like me, they don't often reach out for advice, they don't get support, they just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure down your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone there are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.